Hello, I just want to apologize up front for the sound. You may hear it out of only one of your speakers, your left or your right. Uh, I haven't figured out how to correct that. I thought I had it going out of both speakers. So just giving you a heads up, there's nothing wrong with your equipment. Uh, there's just how I recorded it for whatever reason. It uh, is going out of one ear and not the other, or is going in one ear and not in the other. So uh, the information is still is valuable. Thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. I want to talk about two things today. Maybe I'll get into three. Uh, the first thing is the life lessons that we can learn from the game of billiards. I love to shoot pool and billiards and and how that can what we can learn from that about those moments where we feel stuck in life where we just feel like we're doing the same thing over and over again and then the other thing i want to talk about is uh how to communicate with people uh you know like that small talk if you're like me i'm not a fan of small talk and i've done some episodes on small talk before but I feel it's important to revisit it of, of how to connect with people, uh, even people that you know. It's just so hard. And, you know, even with the episodes that I've done and the books that I've read and experiences that I've had, I still struggle with it because I'm an introvert. And one and, and two, uh, you know, I just don't practice the skill enough uh, to have it in my muscle tissue. So I want to get into billiards, first of all. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a, a, a pool table in my house. And as I was shooting today, I realized that uh, the game of billiards really does teach me about life in that a good pool player, a good billiards player knows how to make any shot from anywhere on the table. Right. And, 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 but a great billiards player knows how to not only make that shot, but knows how to set themselves up for the for the shot after, so that's easy for them. Because uh, a lot of times, if you're a horrible, if you're a bad billiards player, uh, first when one you can't make the shot, and two you haven't set yourself up for the next shot, right? But if you're good, then you've made the shot. But now, but the the second shot is equally as difficult or challenging as a shot that you just made and you didn't set yourself up for it. You were so focused on just making a shot in front of you that you didn't think two, three, four steps ahead. And I mean, that's the, you know, chess, same thing where you have to think five, six, um, you know, uh, steps ahead. And the same thing with billiards is you're, it's, it's not about just making the shot in front of you, but it's about setting yourself up for the next shot. So I bring this up to say that, Look at how you're spending your day and your time. Are you doing things that are setting you up for success or at least, I, you know, I don't, the word success is such a heavy word, but that's setting you up for clarity, calm, tranquility, and flow for the following day. Is what you're doing today, is it setting you up for something that, you are building on for tomorrow so that every day doesn't feel like you're starting all over again. 
we all like this sense of, you know, it's why we like video games because you can literally see yourself leveling up from uh, stage to stage to stage. And, you know, you get more powers. You you have more um, uh, levels that you that you are climbing. And we need to feel that in our own lives. We need to feel like we are climbing levels, that we're moving towards something, that we're striving towards a goal, that there, there's something that we're building towards. Even if it's, you know, something for the weekend or um, the month or whatever it is, there has to be something pulling us forward to where we feel some level of measurable progress. Now, you know, if we're in an acute situation, I understand the day by day by day. And there's a time for that. There's a place for that. And that's when we're in survival mode, right? Where the, the situation is so acute, it's so dire, uh, that it, we literally can only think about today. Um, however, those moments don't last. And when that eases up, and we're, we we have more room to expand, and, and we can we have more autonomy and and able to have influence on our choices. Then that's when we have to start thinking about two three steps ahead. And, and what does this look like? Uh, you know, even take food right. Meal prepping. I meal prep typically on Sundays uh, because that's the time where I have the most time to you know, go to the grocery store, get all my food. I can cook it all. I go get it. I go to the farmer's market. I get my fish. I get my veggies. Uh, Sometimes I go to Costco uh, and get some stuff from there in bulk. And then I cook it all on Sunday. And then I have the, then it's just all ready for me for the rest of the week. I put them in Tupperware bowls and then I'm just scooping and heating and reheating up. Uh, my meals for the rest of the week. And what's cool is because I'm cooking, you know, different things separately, Brussels sprouts, uh, asparagus, fish, uh, my girlfriend, she'll cook uh, bison, uh, you know, sweet potatoes, uh, you know, all these different proteins and uh, vegetables and, and some star- and starches. And then we can mix and match each meal instead of, having to wake up and deciding what we're going to cook. It's like it's already done. Um, we can even do this, you know, I even do it with my my workouts, right, where uh, my workouts are building on themselves throughout the week where, okay, um, you know, Monday I'm doing X and then Tuesday I'm doing Y and then Monday, you know, doing, uh, you know, Z. Like every day is a little something different. And they're not completely different. I just know that, on a daily basis, I'm, I'm isolating and focusing on something else. But overall, you know, week to week to week, I'm seeing an improvement. I'm seeing growth, whether that means I can do more push-ups or I can hold the plank a little longer, all these, you know, different measurable things. And and there are times where um, I don't want to give the illusion that it's all about growth from week to week. There's some weeks where you want things to stay the same, but you know, it's about asking yourself, am I setting myself up for tomorrow? Because even with the workout, uh, you know, I'll, I'll foam roll today. I'll stretch today because I'm thinking about how much easier my workout will be tomorrow. If I don't foam roll, if I don't stretch, 
you know, if I if I skip my exercises, it's gonna I'm gonna feel tighter on Tuesday, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna feel more restricted and I'm gonna be less motivated to work out because I didn't do those things. Hydration, same thing. If I don't hydrate today, I'm gonna feel dehydrated tomorrow and more inflamed, and it, it just becomes a domino effect of issues. And if we're talking about work, you know, it's like you can I send out those emails today so then I can have responses for tomorrow or am I going to wait till tomorrow and now I'm already a day behind because it takes a while for people to respond to emails. Are there things, are there seeds that I can plant today that will set me up for tomorrow? And, and that's the beauty of it is if, if we continue that, you know, build today, plant the seeds today, uh, in preparation for tomorrow, then we don't have to think five years ahead. We could just keep up that same pattern because sometimes thinking five years ahead, that can feel overwhelming. That's like, what? Five years? I have no idea. Like, I just, I'm just trying to get through the day, right? So, but two days, that's more digestible. We can, we can think about that, right? Um, and even in terms of mental health, I know if I meditate today, if I go out and get some sun today, if I, um, you know, build a relationship or just say hi to my neighbors that I've never said hi to, planting those little seeds so that I'm not in the same situation today. And, and you might be asking me, what are the seeds I should plant? Notice what's bothering you. Notice what you're uh, despondent about. For instance, if you're like, ah, I'm just so lonely, like I don't have any friends. Okay, we know that we need to plant the seeds of either deepening our friendships and connections that we already have, or we need to make more connections and friendships, or, or, or maybe do both. But, but, but know which route seems more digestible to you. You know, if there, if there are people in your circle that you, you're like, ah, I, I don't feel connected to these people, but I want to, okay, well, send them out some emails. Why not just call them? And, and, and uh, you know, say hello. And just, I, I just want to check in on you. I was thinking about you as I was doing X, Y, Z. People love to, you know, even if they don't pick up, people love to be called. Even if they don't pick up, even if they don't respond, they're like, oh, somebody, somebody's thinking about me. Like, we all love that. Like, we don't want to see the scam or other spam phone number, obviously. But to, to see, you know, the, the, the name of a familiar person, that lights us up. You know, my, my mom calls me like a million times. I don't pick up every time my mom calls, but it lights me up when she does. And, you know, obviously I call her back. But it's about planting the seeds and recognizing that it, I, it's not enough to just make the shot today. It's asking myself, how is this? How is what I'm doing right now setting me up for tomorrow? And even journaling, that's the beauty of journaling. When we journal, it gives us an opportunity. If we journal today about what we've done, what we've eaten, what we've seen, what we've experienced, what um, uh, ideas that we have or words that we like, I put all types of things in my journals. Like I, I, like my daily journal is more of just a, like an action log or a recounting of the day of, you know, the things that I've done and accomplished, but it's also the things that I want to do. 
the things I don't want to do, the things that I've learned, especially words, because I, I read a lot and there are words that pop up that I don't know. I'll put those words in my journal. And then I'll also put in how I feel about some of the experiences that I've had or ideas that I have for the future or things that I remember from the past. Like there, there's no limit. There are no rules to what can be placed in your journal. And the beauty of that is then the following day, I can go back and look and be like, oh, this is, oh, I forgot about that. That's why this is happening today. Or that's why she said this. Or this is why I need to do that. Sometimes we can, we can lose our North Star. And the journal is a great way to remind us of what direction uh, we need to be going and why, right? So just to have that kind of like, you know, writing down what you want to do, but also writing down why you want to do it, how that ties into a bigger picture, that's even more powerful versus just feeling like you have a, a checklist of things to do, right? Um, so looking at how what you're doing today is setting you up for tomorrow. And, and, and honestly, it, there's no right or wrong answer. It's all about you figuring out how it's setting you up for tomorrow. Like you could be laying on a couch right now watching Netflix, right? Maybe that's your whole day, watching Netflix all day. Well, you could frame that and say, I'm, I'm resting and recovering and relaxing today. I'm not doing anything today because I know I have an insane day tomorrow. I know it's going to be so busy, so taxing that I just kind of need to empty out and, and do nothing. I, I, you know, I, I, well, if that's how you want to empty out, I, I wouldn't recommend watching Netflix all day. But the point is, is that it's not what you're doing. It's how you feel and think about what you're doing. Only you know if you're setting yourself up for the next thing, right? And, and if setting yourself up for tomorrow feels, even that feels too daunting, Ask yourself how what you're doing right now, how that's setting you up for the next thing, how your morning routine sets you up for your afternoon, and how your afternoon sets you up for your nighttime uh, routine. You, you, can, you can break it down into that, right? And, and just noticing, you know, does it all flow? Does, it, does my day kind of build and then plateau and then, you know, we land the plane at night? Because that's how you want. You want like a nice, steady... It's almost like a plane taking off, right? And then it, it hits a cruising altitude around the middle of the day. And then, boom, we land a plane. A, a lot of us, I, you know, we take off, hit a cruising altitude, and then we, we ramp back up in, in, in the evening. And then, you know, we try to land it. And, and that's where it gets tough, right? We reach for the supplements uh, or whatever to kind of put us to sleep. But that's, but that's what I wanted to share with you in regards to looking at how what you're doing right now is setting you up for the next thing. And so, and, and that's about being intentional about our actions versus just on automation, right? And then the last thing I wanted to share with you, I'll make this the last thing, is about, you know, I talked about reaching out to people, trying to connect with people, talking to people. It's so difficult. Um, it, it for me, especially, like I said, as a, as an introvert and, and then for you, depending just on where you are in the world. And I know some of you are in, you know, communist, uh, countries and, uh, some war torn areas where, you know, 
maybe talking to your neighbor isn't um, as easy as you'd like it to be or as accessible, I should say. But when we do have these opportunities to make small talk, to connect with other people, uh, one, I, I want to remember this word, awkward. It's typically awkward to connect with someone that we don't really know, one, and two, even if we do know, if we haven't seen them in a while. Because we, we don't know where to start. We don't know what they've been through. They don't know what we've been through. Uh, the context has changed. Time has changed. All these different things. So embrace the awkward. Seize the awkward. And um, and so that that's the first thing. Just know that typically if you go like a dinner party or any type of, of, of gathering and, and you're meeting people for the first time, it's going to be a little awkward. So just know that. And I typically feel that in my stomach and my a little bit of my chest, uh, maybe in my hands, but mostly in my stomach. I, I feel the, <laughs> the awkwardness. So uh, I, I want to teach you the Ford method of connecting with someone and, you know, uh, utilizing the small talk. And, and I talk about utilizing the small talk because small talk is a way, is a conduit to get to the big talk. It's by asking about the weather, the sports, uh, uh, you know, the time, whatever, that allows us to get into big picture ideas, uh, expanded visions, uh, you know, uh, uh, global scenarios, but we often have to start with something. It's almost like eating a meal, right? You you, you don't want to just uh, you know take eat the whole chicken at once. You want to nibble a little bit. You you want to taste it. You want to savor it, and and then you start you know you start work working your way up. That's why they start off with the appetizer, then the main course, and then the dessert. So ideally, you know, if a conversation. We'll start off with the appetizers, which is small talk. And then you have your, your main course, which is whatever the deeper, and that's where the Ford conversation comes in, F-O-R-D, and I'll explain what those stand for in a minute. That's where that comes in. And then, you know, we have the, the dessert, which is, you know, kind of circling back to the small talk or, you know, something lighthearted and ridiculous like a kitten video or, or something of that nature. So what is the Ford method of connecting with someone? Uh, F stands for family. O stands for uh, occupation. R is recreation. And D stands for dreams. So when you're wanting to connect with someone, first talk to them about their family. And it seems intrusive, but people love to talk about themselves and where they're from and their background. But we don't want to go in and say, hey, where are you from? That's boring, right? We could say, uh, what I love to do is just kind of label, not just kind of. I like to label where someone is from and then let them correct me because people also love to correct people. And so I'll say something like, it seems like you're from south of the equator. It, it, and for whatever reason, then they go, no, I'm actually from you know Canada or what have you. And now I know where they're from without asking, you know, where are you from? Or, you know, another way to say where you're from is I, I, I feel like you're from a place that has a really great pizza or there's a lot of coffee shops. 
and they'll be like, you know, why do you say, sometimes they'll say, why do you say that? But oftentimes they'll be like, no, or sometimes they'll say, yeah. And then you're off and running to the races. So it's, it's better to label uh, what you think about them and, and their situation than to ask them what, you know, where they're from. And now I don't say better, but a million, if you're, you know, at a certain point you've heard where you're from a million times or you've been asked that. And you're just so tired of that question. It's such a boring question. There are other more creative ways of getting to know a person and asking that question. And so same thing with family, right? So instead of saying, uh, do you have any brothers or sisters? Like, I feel like you're the middle child. Or I feel like you're, you know, you're one out of six children. And, and, or, and you're the youngest. Or I feel like, like you're the youngest and then all your siblings are 10 years older than you. Whatever. It is not about being right. It's just about having fun, being a little playful. Once again, creative, thinking outside the box, labeling, and then they'll correct you. And sometimes you'll get it right and you'll look like a, a magician. They'll be like, whoa, how did you know that? And you're like, you know, just the intuition. You just kind of play it off and be like, oh, so then you fall into, you know, what was that like? And, and tell me more about that or you know, were you always, were they stealing your clothes? Were you stealing their clothes? Do you guys still get along? But to ask them about their family. And, and another way I like to, you know, talk to people about their family is, especially the parents, you know, if you, like, if maybe you already know what they do for work, right? Uh, they're an electrician, they're a plumber, they're a teacher, uh, astronaut, hairdresser, whatever it is, uh, and just say, wow, did, is, did your parents uh, in the same line of work or or you can ask, uh, uh, or you can say, your parents must be proud of you, huh, uh, doing what you do, uh, you know, being of service like this. And don't say it, like, sarcastically, obviously, like, be genuine when you say something like that, because that can come out the wrong way. But, um, and then you find out about their family dynamics, because oftentimes you'll get an interesting response, like, well, my parents divorced when I was two, and then my mom, you know, left me with my aunt, and you know, all, all these crazy scenarios that you would have never imagined and it would have taken you hours to get to if we were just kind of like, where are you from, right? So Ford, the F stands for family, talking about their family first. And, and, and also when you're asking about family, try to get their earliest childhood uh, memories. The earlier, the better. And then what you want to do is try to move them up uh, th- their 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 age. Um, so, so for instance, like you you, I would ask a question like, "Wow, your dad must have pushed you on a on a swing at the park as as a kid, right?" And then and, and so now you have them thinking about when they were a kid, and then you can have them talking about, um, you know, bring up prom. Wow, you you must have been like homecoming uh, queen or king or or something like that. And then you're talking about college. So basically, you're trying to bring back all these memories from their childhood in chronological order, if possible, right? And and then and then that's a way like they'll feel more connected to you. And as they're sharing, whatever they share, you share in response, but always followed up with a question. You go, yeah, me too. Blah 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 blah. Tell me so. Tell me more about blah 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 blah. That so tell me more is so valuable in keeping a conversation going. So when you see two people going back and forth and having a wonderful conversation, it's because one person shares 
and then ask a question. Another person shares and then ask a question. And they keep ping-ponging off each other like that. Some people don't have to do that. A lot of people, you know, if they had this kind of rapport and banter with her, some people you'll find are trying to out-banter uh, each other. So it's just a, it's almost like two hamsters on, on a wheel, right? Um, but, you know, I, I'm truly an inquisitive person. So when uh, I ask them a question or when I'm responding to something that they've said, I always make sure I end it with a question of, so tell me more about blah, 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 right? So F is for family. O is for occupation. And once again, we go back to the labeling. I don't have to say, hey, so what do you do for work? I can say, oh, I could tell you got like a, a one of those on-call jobs right there where they're calling you in the middle of the night kind of thing. And once again, I don't know, but I'm just having fun. Or, I, you know, I can, I can tell you got one of those uh, Tuesday, Thursday jobs. I don't even know what that means. Whatever. But we're just having fun. We're being a little playful. Or I have, you have a nine to five or you seem like a CEO or like you own the company or uh, you look like somebody that the, they, they, they um, you know, that the, the board of directors bought the company from or, um, you know, whatever. Uh, so labeling what you think that they do or um, or just directly asking them what they what they do. You don't have to say what you what do you do for work? You can say, you know, oh, what got you out of bed this morning? That's an interesting way of asking what they do for work because, you know, if somebody says, well, I, I got out of bed because you know, I have to be at work at such and such, now we're already, right? Because a lot of times people will say their kids got them out of bed or the dog got them out of bed, et cetera, et cetera. But they'll often will talk about, and then I have to go to work. And then that's when you find out about uh, their job. Oh, is it a suit and tie, you know, is it a suit and tie kind of thing or – uh, are you able to, you know, wear your vans? Are you, are you able to skateboard in the work? Is this a place with a pool table? I feel like you work at a place that has a pool table and like some miniature golf in a corner. No, that, excuse me, that kind of thing. I can't believe I just did that into the mic. Um, so occupation and then R is recreation. Like, what do you do for fun? That, you know, what do you, what, what are your hobbies? That kind of thing. So, you know, another great way is, you know, what, what, how'd you spend your last weekend? You know, that that's a great way. Or did you, uh, but even a better way is to say, did you do anything last weekend that scared you? So, like, I like to ask emotionally laden questions, right? Where, did you do anything last weekend that scared you? Or was there something that you did Saturday that surprised you? Um, or, oh, oh, you know, when was the last time you were bored? <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Um, or, or what are you trying to master? Or what challenge are you trying to solve, right? Because a lot of people who really care about their work or very passionate about what they do, there's something that they, they are trying to understand or solve or, um, you know, the, the, or that they're researching kind of deal. And so to be like, you know, what, what, what are you trying to solve here? What are you trying to fix? Uh, what's challenging you right now? Or what's the most difficult part about uh, you, you know, your work, that, that kind of goes back into work. But but sometimes that helps us to get into our hobbies. Or you can say, what are you mastering right now? What are, you, what are you mastering? What are you learning? What's a class you wish you could take? That kind of thing, right? Um, and then D is for dreams. Dreams. I love, I love, you know, this is something that I, before I had 
I was looking this up and researching it is I realized that, wow, I, I really don't have that kind of crazy scenario. So when we're talking to someone about dreams, and that's at the very end where it's like, you know, it sounds like what would you do if that kind of thing? You know, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Would you put it in um, or a billion dollars? Would you would you give some to infrastructure, education, or you know, global warming? Like, what what do you what which what those three do you value the most? And now we're learning so much about that person, right? Um, or you know, drink like you know, if you could wave a magic wand and you could have one superpower for an hour, just an hour, like what would you do? Or or, if, or would you rather be? I asked my friend this the other day. I go, uh, would you rather be shrunk uh, to the size of an ant? Or would you be enlarged uh, to the size of a skyscraper? You know, like those types of ridiculous questions. And and it doesn't really matter the answer. You're just trying to engage in, in some fun conversation and also expand your your idea and view of them. And then also, you know, it's, it's an imaginative time for an adult uh, to, to think about those things. You know, it's not so serious and it's kind of silly and, and then it's, you know, people remember you, you know, because you're the, this this guy, this person just asked me, you know, if I would, you know, and then all of a sudden everybody's asking your question. Right. So, you know, have those dream questions in your pocket for the very end and, and you'll be quite surprised. And then, you know, once you get through that, you can you can go ahead and be like, you know what, I'm going to go, you know, circulate a little bit. It was it was fun. It was fun talking to you. Uh, and I'm sure I'll see you around. And then as you are circling around and, and meeting other people and applying the method, then at some point you start introducing people because you know so much about everybody. Now you're the connector. Now you get, now you're kind of a conductor, right? Because you go, hey, hey, Frank, come meet Sally. You know, Sally said she'd rather be shrunk than enlarged. And then those two have a conversation and you get to sit back, which is what you've been wanting to do the whole night anyway, right? But once again, it's not about saying I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. It's about thinking about it as a skill, a practice, a way of being, right? And uh, instead of uh, getting stuck in this idea of I'm this, I'm not that, it's like, oh, this might be a fun thing to practice. This might be a fun exercise. When we think about exercise, it's not just about in the gym and lifting weights. It's also about these intellectual exercises. It's also about social exercises. So, you know, and and this also sets you up for tomorrow because then you're networking with people, you're, you're gathering ideas, which allows you to gather resources, which then allows you to gather alternatives for those times when we're struggling physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, mentally, financially, right? It's about building that web. Think of yourself as a spider and, uh, and, and building a, a web, a network of resources because it's, it's, the sun's not going to shine every day. Things aren't always going to be great. And even if things, it, it, you know, if you've been like, man, it, well, it hasn't shined here in months or years or, you know, I've been in this, been under this dark cloud for a while, it, it, we still have an opportunity to build to create a network, to practice skills, to exercise something, to set whatever we're doing up, let that set us up 
for the next thing. Even if that means, uh, you know, where I'm flossing my teeth to set me up to brush my teeth that's setting me up to uh, rinse my mouth out with mouthwash. Whatever it is, however small you got to make that setup, you know, do that. But just be aware and be intentional because when we're intentional, then we feel empowered. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help, for you calling a 988 or any of the international phone numbers that are listed in all the show notes. If you're in Croatia, the Philippines, the Ukraine, if you're in Brazil, Peru, if you're in Toronto, if you're in Detroit, if you're in Ohio, no matter where you are in the world, there are, if you're in Johannesburg, shout out Johannesburg, what, what? If you're in Wuhan, what's up, Wuhan? <laughs> Go to all, <laughs> there are international phone numbers for each and every one of you. You can talk, chat, text. You can even go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.